Welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. We're dispensing stories of success from across the continuum of care. I'm your host, Hillary Blackburn. Thanks for joining us to learn from leaders throughout the pharmacy industry. In this episode, you'll hear from Rick Sane, who helped lead an independent pharmacy in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, to successful expansions in long-term care, compounding, medical equipment, and most significantly, specialty pharmacy, which is why Fred's purchased this business in 2015. Rick will share his experience growing a business and tips for looking ahead to the next big thing to take care of patients and get paid for those services. So today we have a special guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast, the former system vice president of retail pharmacy business development of Fred's, and he's most well known for his role serving as the co-owner of Reeve Sane Drugstore for over 25 years. Rick Sane. Rick received his pharmacy degree from the University of Tennessee, and he's been a past president of the Tennessee Pharmacist Association and has been the recipient of many leadership awards. Rick, welcome to the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Thank you, Hillary. Glad to be here today. Thanks for being with us. And now that our listeners have heard a little bit about your background, maybe you can fill in any gaps from that intro and share a little bit about your personal life. Sure. I grew up in uh, here in Middle Tennessee and, and have been very fortunate, very blessed to be able to stay uh, pretty close to where I grew up. I grew up in a small town called Bellbuckle and uh, grew up on a farm raising beef cattle, soybeans, wheat, and corn. And and was the black sheep of my family, I guess you could say. In the early 80s, I graduated from high school in 83. In the early 80s, farming was, was really uh, struggling, really hard times for my dad, my family, and I saw. So I was the black sheep that started my senior year of high school working in a chain drug store, not in the pharmacy, but putting out stock. And, and I watched the pharmacist, and I had a manager there that kept telling me to think about pharmacy, to, to get out of farming. And I didn't really think too serious about it till I went off to college. I went to Middle Tennessee State University here in Murfreesboro, where I live now, and uh, started out my first semester in agriculture, quickly changed to pharmacy. I knew then that my heart was not in farming anymore, About broke my dad's heart to, to leave the family farm, but uh, he was proud to, for me to do what was best for me and, and got into pharmacy. And back then, you know, you could get through your pre-pharmacy stuff in two years. So I went MTSU to two years and then was in the second uh, all farm D class uh, that they started back in in the 80s at, at University of Tennessee, as you mentioned, and, and uh, graduated in 89. I uh, have uh, a beautiful family. I married my high school sweetheart. Uh, we started dating in high school and, and waited all the way until I got out of pharmacy school. So we dated a long time, had a long distance relationship and, and uh, got married the year after I got out of pharmacy school and have two boys, one 24, who happens to be a P3 in pharmacy school at UT currently. And he's on the Nashville campus uh, now. And, and then I have a, a younger son that's 16. So two boys there and, and we live in Murfreesboro now. That's great. And and I love that now you've kind of started your own family tradition of maybe going to pharmacy school. <laughs> I think so. I think my son's uh, having to say he's following my footsteps. But now that I've somewhat retired, I, I say that I'm living my life through him now. So, 
That's right. Now, Rick, can you tell us a bit more about Reeves Sane so, and how you got started in the independent pharmacy business? Yeah, you know, I, when I was going through pharmacy school, I thought that I was going back to my hometown uh, to work in a chain drugstore. That was my mentality all through school, and I share that with, with, with all the students that have come through over the years to, to keep your eyes open and never just lock in on one thing like I think I did at the time. But when I did my, my rotations, you know, back in the late 80s, early 90s, there was always the, the, the argument, the dilemma, which is better, the BS degree or the PharmD degree. And of course, I obviously argued the PharmD degree because it was the experience you got in your in your last year. And now that's not an argument anymore because pretty much everybody's got the PharmD. But, but, but that last year, those rotations, my mind changed 10 different times um, through all the rotations. And I landed... I did a rotation here in Murfreesboro with with two guys, didn't know them, even though they they were 25 miles from where I grew up. I just didn't know the guys, but did a rotation, and something told me that that was the place to be. I also always share with my students to to don't let it be all about the money, um, because I took a $10,000 less uh, salary by working with these guys over what I was going to get the chain store that I was going to go back to in my hometown. And then I get asked, well, did you know that you wanted to be an owner? I didn't. I never had aspirations to be an owner. I still wanted to go back and, and, and use pharmacy as my, uh, my my work life and then and then still do the farming on the side was my mentality, which never really happened. And uh, five years after being at Reeves saying it was Reeves Powell then that I joined. Uh, Dr. Powell wanted to get out after five years of me being there, and I bought him out in 1994 just so happened that his partner's son, Shane Reeves, was coming out of pharmacy school five years behind me in 94, and his dad sold to him, so we kind of became partners by default. That is when how we changed the name to Reeves Sane. We just bought into the drugstore originally and, and uh, grew the business from there. Yeah, and Rick, so Reeves Sane really started as an independent, but now they're there became several other different services. Could you tell us a bit more about the other services that you got into and maybe how you developed those or how you knew that they were good business opportunities? Yeah, we, we were very fortunate and, and, and everything we did seemed to be looking back now was very intentional. We, Shane Reeves, my, my partner at the time that I mentioned, we, we sat down in the mid nineties we were filling a lot of prescription. Murfreesboro was growing. We had a great location. You know, you hear the cliche location, 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 and that's everything. And, and Murfreesboro exploding with growth like it has been over the last 20 to 30 years. We, we were in a good good city, good population, and good location. So our, our, our prescription business was really growing. But at the same time in the 90s, we were hearing all, you know, we were, we were hearing mail order. We were, we were hearing... Um, we were seeing the cuts and in, in, in third party was coming on the scene. We were doing less cash business every year. So we, we saw that eroding and our profits eroding quickly as we were um, getting started. So we sat down and, and, and this was one of those, the business wasn't started on a napkin, but it, it almost was in the sense of all the new stuff we started. We were sitting at a restaurant one day eating lunch. Shane and I, my partner and I, we wrote down seven ways that we were going to grow into the future. Well, filling prescriptions was not one of them because that was a given. But I never will forget, I've got that saved somewhere where we, we were just talking. I was jotting them down and all, and, and, and one was compounding. 
we were doing when I got there one compound a week maybe but the, the pharmacist I bought out had a real passion for compounding my first year out of school he took me to PCCA in Houston and I just absolutely fell in love with with compounding I had the wrong mindset in pharmacy school because I never saw in the chain side us doing much compounding so I never thought I would do it so I just made the grade and got through it and then when I got into the real world I thought wow this is patient care at its best as being able to to do a compound for a patient and and I never will forget one of my first real world experiences with compounding that, that really made me realize why I was a pharmacist was a hospice patient that was uh, the, the, a man that's cancer had metastasized through his whole body. And he was in a lot of pain. And back then there was no generic morphine. There was no oxycodone, oxycontin. All it was was, was Purdue Frederick made brand name MS Cotton. And the highest strength that came in was 60 milligrams. Well, he was taking so many of those and still wasn't out of pain. Hospice was spending a fortune trying to keep him out of pain. We were filling the prescription, but um, I worked with PCCA and we, we were buying morphine powder. So we put it in a, a filler called methyl cell E4M and started compounding higher strength morphine for this guy. He saw him come out of pain. I actually had a lot of time back then to deliver it to the house, to the patient. And it was a win, win, win. It was a win for the patient because he was out of pain like he hadn't been before. Hospice loved it because they were saving hundreds of dollars over what they were paying for the brand name. And we were making hundreds of dollars more than we were making or filling the, the brand name. And I thought, wow, this is why I became a pharmacist. And, and, and then we knew that, number one, we wanted to grow our compound business, which we did uh, tremendously over the years and built two different labs and, and grew that part. Compounding was one way. We got into, decided to get into, with Murfreesboro growing like it was, to get into DME respiratory. You know, Medicare was making a lot of cuts in respiratory and all, but it was still good enough that we wanted to get into it. We, we, we saw the need there for the basics, the, the medical equipment, the, the wheelchairs, the hospital beds, respiratory. You know, we, over the years, we'd have two and three respiratory therapists taking care of our patients and that were that were working for us and all. We also knew the baby boomers were coming on the scene in the 90s and being talked about and, and, and assisted living homes were starting to pop up everywhere. So we wanted to get into long-term care. So we started out in 94 with one nursing home. And, and then when I sold that to my partner later, we were doing 55 different facilities all over the state. So we certainly grew the long-term care business. We decided we wanted to get into 94 into the home infusion business. So we got into the home infusion and luckily Murfreesboro being on the outskirts of Nashville, we were able to feed off all the big hospitals in Nashville and grow our home infusion business over the years in a tremendous way that was, was, was good. And then that was four ways. And then a fifth way was clinical. You know, back then the buzzword, just like it is today, was getting paid for your cognitive services and finding ways to get paid outside of a prescription. We're still, you know, working that to this day and but back then, that, that's what we were taught in school. So, you know, anything clinical, uh, we wanted to be on the cutting edge of in, in community pharmacy. So we hired uh, Dr. Cindy Smith. She was doing clinical services at St. Thomas West at the time. And, and we hired her back in the 90s to come do all of our clinical services. And that was anything from diabetes care to asthma care to smoking cessation to to when, when, flu, when we were able to give immunizations and, and grew into that in the late 90s and all. So we, we wanted to be on the forefront of that. The two other ways we, we laugh about still this day because we failed miserably at, we wrote down, we wanted to get into the herbal remedy 
business. We want to get into natural holistic. It was just coming on the scene here and talking about St. John's wort and all those things. So we went, all went and got this pharmacist certified and, 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 and all of that and, and, uh, put, put in a 12 foot planogram in our store thinking, well, we were going to cap corner that market because there was lots of profit in that. You know, this was before GNC came on the scenes and all. Well, in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, we weren't ready for it. We thought we thought it was, but you know, in California and New York, they were using those those types of therapies and remedies and so forth, but not in Murfreesboro. So we we scaled that back and you know went from an eight foot section then down to a four, and and that was not one of our future seven ways to to, to make a lot of money. And then the seventh way we wrote down was um, clinical trials. We hired a, a pharmacist out of the pharma world and, and, and hired her in the late 90s to, we partnered up with a group of doctors and started doing phase three and four uh, clinical trials with drug companies. Well, we never got it in the black. Uh, for a year and a half, this pharmacist worked like crazy with the docs in, in the in clinic we were in to, uh, and we did some great studies and, and some great trials, but it, it just wasn't a teaching setting. So in Nashville, at Vanderbilt, or in Memphis, or any pharmacy school, medical school town, you know, maybe it worked, but not in Murfreesboro. So we were kind of before our time with doing that. I never will forget we did a double blind study with, with bikes and uh, when it was coming to market then, and, and that was pretty cool later to find that out. But we just never really got in the in the black. So after about five years of doing that, we 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 put that one to the side and all. So we you know we we've, we've had some uh, a lot obviously a lot of wins over the years, but certainly had some 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 failures too. But just the old cliche, you hope that you can fail forward, and and um, and we certainly were able to do that. So that. That was the bulk of our business until 2012. In 2012, the clinic we were in that I mentioned where we were doing those studies, we were there for 14 years and with 40, 50 physicians of all different specialties doing lots of neat things, not lots of neat things with those physicians, but they decided to move across town where the new hospital was just built. Uh, we decided not to move with them. We ended up closing that pharmacy, moving the files to our main pharmacy and opening up a specialty pharmacy and that was one of the best things that ever happened to us there and, and uh, ran it for three years before we sold it so um, we've been very fortunate to 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 get into a lot of things over the years and and uh, find a lot of niches and take care of a lot of patients in a lot of different ways so uh, very fortunate there that is is truly amazing the creativity and the willingness and to kind of take those initiatives and, and different opportunities. You, you both were very forward thinking. And, uh, you know, after the first couple of wins, I'm like, wow, they just are on a roll. So I, I honestly have never heard of um, a independent pharmacy getting involved in clinical research trials. So that was really fascinating uh, to hear that that was even a possibility, but really amazing to see some of the the things that you all were able to do. And, you know, at the, at the heart of it, it all boils down to patient care and, and you sought 
about unique opportunities and, and niches that pharmacists can play out in the community and to provide value and to showcase that those clinical pharmacy services and skills that we've learned. So really amazing. And, and you've really been successful throughout your entire career, even receiving a Healthcare Hero Award from the Nashville Business Journal. Uh, could you share maybe something that you might be most proud of in your career and what are some takeaways from that? Probably in our business world, you know, an award that we won, um, my partner and I won the um, local Rutherford County Chamber of Commerce Business Persons of the Year Award. And, and you know, we're a pharmacist first, but but to, to be honored by our peers in our local area to, to win a business service award uh, like that was was pretty cool also to to be voted uh, by the tennessee pharmacy association you know is one of the most innovative pharmacies one year and that was pretty cool but i think the better answer to your question is is probably when we got into the specialty arena you know we were doing all these things um taking care of patients in so many ways but when when the new biotech drugs started coming on the scene, we just didn't know how to get into it and all. And, and, and I'm so proud of the fact that we did. I had one of my buddies with our, we were with Amerisource Bergen as a wholesaler for probably 25 years. And the guy that I worked with there most over the years kept telling me, Rick, you guys are doing everything in so many different ways, but you're, you're not in the specialty. You really need to look into specialty. And I said, I don't know what we're doing uh, or, or how to take care of those patients in that way. I, I, all I knew was that Patients would come into our retail store needing Humira or needing Embryo, and it was being filled somewhere else by a specialty pharmacy somewhere else, be it one of the big two or three out there. And I knew we were losing business and, and not able to take care of those patients in, in, a, in a, the whole way we wanted to. Well, as, as luck would have it, one of the pharmacists that had run that pharmacy in the clinic in the early 2000s for about five years, he was a great pharmacist, but he left he lived in Spring Hill and he left to go run a pharmacy in Cool Springs doing specialty pharmacy and he, he ran it for five years and they sold out to to one of the PBMs at the time and after about six months he was ready to move on and do something else. We were about ready to close that pharmacy in that clinic that I mentioned to you. So I said, well, let's 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 partner up here. Let you, we've got all the infrastructure in place. We've got the wholesale relationship. We've got the banking relationship. We've got all the contracts in place. We've got a pharmacy that we're, you know, not going to be using anymore. Let's just move it to Spring Hill where you live. You've got the intellectual capital to do it. So in March 30th of 2012, we moved that pharmacy uh, the next day to, to Spring Hill. 20 days later, after getting uh, approved by the, the Board of Pharmacy to open up, we opened up uh, our specialty, closed door specialty pharmacy and just hit the ground running. A year into it, we were going so fa growing so much, we opened up a second pharmacy down in Columbus, Mississippi, so that we could do, it had to be brick and mortar to do Medicaid in Mississippi and Alabama. So we, we opened up one in Columbus down in your neck of the woods there, Hillary, and, and um, we were in 50 mile, within 50 miles radius of the Alabama border, so we could do Medicaid in, in, in both those states because we were doing so much hepatitis C and so many patients we were missing out on that were on Medicaid in those states. So that opened the door for us there. That was a year. That was in 2013. So I've never seen anything grow like the specialty did 
and I've also never experienced the care. I always badmouth mail order pharmacy because how can you take care of a patient through a phone? But I got to see a different side of how well we could take care of patients by working with the physician, by working with the insurance company on these high dollar drugs and being on the phone every day with the patient, making sure they were doing it right and, and coordinating with the physician's office and, and, and making sure the physician was happy with the care they were getting as well as the insurance and all. And, and that served us well. So we grew like crazy and, and that's what we ended up selling, which I never saw coming in three years. It was a three year run and we outgrew, it, it outgrew Reeve Sane. And we had to have a big brother come in. So that's, um, that's we, we talked to bigger banks. We talked to private equity. And then we talked to folks that were wanting in the business. They were already in the pharmacy business, but wanting the specialty business and, and uh, didn't see it coming. But of all people, that's why we sold to Fred's because they were wanting a specialty pharmacy to add to their portfolio. And, and uh, so we spent 10 months negotiating and, and sold that, that part of the business. Wow. That is really amazing. And, you know, it seems like you've always kind of seen things coming. And so I want to ask, what what do you see kind of in the future of pharmacy that you're excited about? Well, you know, I, I think everybody is excited about the provider status that, that's been been talked about for a while and coming into play and, and all the collaborative care that we can start doing now and and you know I've been um, coaching my son who like I said is in his third year now it kind of rocked his world when I sold the business and he thought he was coming back to run a part of the family business and sold it out from under him just as he was going off to pharmacy school but I told him I said you know that door may have closed but 10 more doors were open because there's so many opportunities that you and I both could just sit here and talk about forever in pharmacy. And it's just such a great profession in so many ways that you can take care of patients in so many different ways. So I, th I think the sky's the limit, but I think provider status is going to be a key for us um, out there and, and being able to do collaborative care and, uh, you know, be it whether it's pharmacogenomics coming down the pike or, or I think that's going to be just a standard of care at some point and just things like that. I, I, I've always keep telling my son and telling other students that I still work with to, 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 to look around the corner. What's coming? What's the next specialty? What's the next thing that, that you can take care of patients in a different way um, as, as the prescriptions, filling prescriptions for living keeps eroding and it keeps getting sent to metal or keeps getting sent to the PBM's pharmacy and so forth. You know, we're educated to take care of patients. So let's, let's do that and let's get paid for those services. Absolutely. I think that's wonderful advice and uh, for them to kind of just be thinking of the next thing and, and keeping their eyes open, as you mentioned ahead of earlier. Uh, so, Rick, as our final question, what's some advice that you would tell your younger self or for other pharmacists out there who are just getting started in their career? You know, I think uh, never stop learning. I think that that's that's a key that, that we're taught in school and, and um, it's kind of embedded in us as we go through school, but it's so true. I also think, uh, I say this all the time, but it's relationships and our society is getting away from in our tech world and our texting world and social media, we're getting away from building relationships. And I think so much of, of what you can do and grow and be is, is through relationships. And I think we've got to, to make sure that you keep doing that. You know, I, I think too, that, um, you've got to read, you know, people, um, 
we go into business, if we're entrepreneurs and all, and I think uh, what's the old cliche that, that leaders are readers or whatever, but that's true. And I, I, I wasn't a big reader way back when. I had to make myself read and all. So I read lots of management books and everything I could get my hand on about how I could be better. I also am a big believer in using consultants. Uh, when I bought into the pharmacy in the 90s, the best thing that I ever did on the, on the retail side was hired a consultant that taught me more about how to um, look at profits, look at gross profits, to look at every brand, every generic, everything we filled and how to maximize that. And, and we were leaving so many dollars on the table that consultant made us, it cost us a lot of money, but he made us 10 times more money over the years of, of teaching us how to watch the numbers and all. And I'm a big believer in everybody needs a coach. Um, preach that to, to some of the younger folks now is just, is keep a coach, you know, um, what they can relate to is the Tiger Woods or whoever the, the, the latest, uh, you know, kingpin of whatever sport, be it Michael Jordan, they all have coaches, you know, to, to make them better and all. And I, I give so much the credit of, of over the years, especially growing that specialty pharmacy at three year run, run, I went to a coaching program for, I think it was at least five years in Chicago where had to get up out of the business and go off and, and uh, spend days with a, a coach. And it wasn't in pharmacy. It was just in business. It was in your personal life. It was get your personal life right, get your business life right. And and, um, and you mentioned that if, if I could look at my younger self, um, I look back and I, I didn't have all my priorities straight. You know, I, I put work before my family, I put work before my spiritual life and, and I had all that backwards and trying to make up for that now, but um, that would be my advice. And, and if I, to look back at my younger self, I would, I would have my priorities better in line uh, than what I did. So um, one other thing I share with, with the students still, when I, when I give lectures and stuff to them, I think it's so big is when I, in reading books, one of the, one of the best concepts out of a one of the books I read in the 90s that uh, so many people have heard of is is the book, the book uh, Good to Great that Jim Collins wrote. Uh, it's a, one of the best business books of all time. But in that book, he talked about a concept called the hedgehog concept. I think it applies to pharmacy so much is that um, there's a triangle. If you could picture a triangle where on one point it, it has to find out what you're passionate about. Everybody coming out of school as they go through school, they have a passion. Find your passion. What do you really love to do? When I think of one of our residents years ago, he his love was doing anti-coags. He was passionate about it. So at the other point of the triangle is, what are you good at? Well, he was good at it. So find out what are you passionate about? What are you good at? And then the third prong to that triangle is, you got to make money. You got to make a living. You got to drive the economic engine to it and all. So once you get those three things and, they, and those intersect, that's what Jim Collins in the book calls the hedgehog concept. And we have so much of our profession out there and, and you've talked to them. I've talked to them that just that they, they they're down on our profession. They feel like robots and all. And, and it's such a shame if they could find their passion because they're good at so much stuff and, 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 you know, are they making money? Are they not? They can get those three things going. And when you find that intersection in the middle called the hedgehog concept, that's a happy life, happy work life, happy personal life. And and that's what I, uh, I think it applies so much to pharmacy out of that book I read. Rick, that is some wonderful advice. And, you know, we, we hear about mentors and mentees, but I love that you use the word coach. 
And I think that that's so important and that that we should be looking uh, and accepting to have someone help coach us and, and that you're willing to seek outside opinions and get a consultant in there to, uh, you know, it, it really paid off in the long run. So really amazing uh, journey that you've had and, you know, the new term kind of coming around, pharmapreneur, I, I totally think think that uh, that certainly applies to you. So thanks for sharing some of your experience and your leadership story. And we're so glad to have you as a guest on the Talk to Your Pharmacist podcast. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Talk to Your Pharmacist, produced by the Pharmacy Advisory Group. If you liked this episode, let us know by subscribing to the podcast rating and reviewing it. Share it with friends. And if you want to be a guest or know a pharmacist leader who has a great story to tell, connect with me, Hillary Blackburn, on LinkedIn and check out our Facebook page, Pharmacy Advisory Group, for updates on new podcasts. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for next week's episode to hear from Jillian Foster, system pharmacy leader for several of the Baptist hospitals in the Memphis and surrounding areas. And check out our website at www.pharmacyadvisory.com. That will be updated and some of the show notes will start appearing there so you can check out those in the future. Thanks and see you next week.